you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash What's up, everybody? DJ and Bucky here from Move the Sticks. Before you get to your episode, let me tell you what's coming up on the latest Move the Sticks episode. It's number 100, the 100th episode of Move the Sticks, and we're going to take some time, going to dig into this draft. Players that have the same grade, we're going to separate them. We're going to talk about stock up and stock down in this draft class and even give you some names to preview for next year's draft class. It's all coming up on the 100th episode of Move the Sticks. Check it out, NFL.com, iTunes, as well as YouTube. The Around the NFL podcast will never go 7-9. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Woo! What a day. You remember a few days ago, we were thinking, uh, uh, should we do two pods? Uh, should we do three pods? I don't know if there's going to be anything to talk about. A lot well, to talk about, bro. Well, we didn't know that uh, the schedule release would be Thursday. We certainly wouldn't, didn't know that the number one overall pick was going to be traded Thursday. I'm shooting hubba, off hubba. air metaphorical uh, T-shirt guns right now in this room. <laughs> I'm so excited. There's definitely somebody in the league office that's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Those around the NFL guys. Not so busy. Let's go jack up their Thursday. <laughs> Pick up the chisels. Uh, By the way, we're bringing back Jacked Up. I know you've been bringing back things a lot. Uh, oh, that's, yeah. That's yeah. been gone popular segment. You mean the popular ESPN segment where they celebrated crippling brain okay, injuries yeah, for not, a few years? Let's not bring back that. Sorry. Good idea, Greg. <laughs> Um, there is a, uh, a big Greg announcement. Got jacked up by Dan. It's a, it's a special, a special day. It is Wes's favorite day of the year. It is a schedule release extravaganza. And uh, you know, you'll check your phones, your mobile devices, and notice that this, this podcast is dropping right as the news comes out. So, you know, don't even go to any other form of media. Just right. Well, actually, you should because we're not going to be able to like go team by team and tell you who your, guy, your teams are playing. But we're going to break it down. We're going well, to slice it. NFL.com. And check the schedule. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. One place. We work for NFL.com. ESPN.com also will have it. Yeah. And (laughs) and speaking of uh, NFL.com. Don't wait. What was that? He just said. I mean, if you it depends. You have have options. You could go to team sites, go to ESPN. You can go to probably Bleacher Report. I mean, you've got a lot of options. I I wouldn't say that they should do that. We put a, we've all been writing all morning. I mean, people, if you're going to ingest schedule release content, it should probably be on. I'm not down with controlling. People's okay. media habits. Um, <laughs> speaking of NFL media, and we, and we got a lot to get to, so we can't dilly-dally today. But I just want to say to Wes, I hold in my hand, and I, Greg has one in front of him. So does Wes. You have in your hand. You know, Wes, sometimes you, you will gripe about uh, your pay here at the company. <laughs> uh, but then something happens, like what happened this morning at our in our office when a woman – Walked around to all the little. Who was a gentleman? Well, Dan, it was, was actually a, it was a man. But yeah, it was a man. <laughs> once again, the common man rankings. <laughs> all the work aware of these. Anyone else? A bald man. Uh, a, a bald man uh, <laughs> circled through the newsroom to all the worker bees 
and dropped off a Bic pen. And if you look very closely, there is a NFL Draft 2000, 2016 logo on that. Wes, uh, you can't put a price on that. Well, you could. It's about 59 cents. I have a meeting with the bosses right after this podcast, and I'm basically going to go in there and drop everything I've ever wanted, oh, e- except a pay cut because I have this new fancy pen. It is a, it's a pretty good pen. You're it's right. actually not right. that good. What was great was well. the ge- it was a gentleman, he was bald, was actually looking at a list, and, a, and probably around <laughs> 40 people room. in the room did not get a pen. Hmm. It was only certain employees that got a pen. So, so Wes, maybe this is uh, you remember it's an olive branch. Remember, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> it's an olive branch. Yeah. <laughs> that bald man was the ghost, and it's a wonderful life, showing you to appreciate what you have. This big pen. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a wonderful implement. All right, let's get uh, let's get to it. And we'll start. Uh, why not? Just for fun, uh, let's do some news, Irishman. What can I say? Mamba out. <laughs> Another fascinating day in the NBA yesterday, by the way. It was a, akin to a washed-up Kobe Bryant dropping 60 points on 50 shots in the last game of his career. It was akin to Peyton Manning in Super Bowl 50 uh, audibling into a pass every play and finishing 44 of 82 for six touchdowns and four interceptions and a comeback <laughs> win. Uh, over the Panthers. It, well, was, it was that type of situation. Well, no, it would be a week 17 game that meant nothing when you had, when you were part of the re- the biggest part of the reason your team was the worst in the league or the second worst. So it's, it, I wouldn't put him in the Super Bowl. Well, the, the analogy was how he was a washed-up uh, legend. I thought it was especially fitting that he took 50 shots in his final game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was, there was a note was that awesome. some fan, good. some obviously intoxicated idiot, bought $17,000 worth of Kobe Bryant snake-skinned memorabilia, according to Darren Ravel. So that's information. Why are you I, holding your microphone? Because my mic on this headset <laughs> slips to Why below my chin. Why are you following Darren Ravel? Well, he annoys me, and that, and that news that he distributed it annoyed me, and I tweeted about it last night. I'm fine with Kobe being out of our lives. Kobe took a lot of shots, but it was a lot of fun to watch. But now we got to talk about the NFL and the huge – Huge trade that went down. Uh, in my, listen, are they the Tennessee Titans? Are they the Tennessee Titans? It still remains to be seen. We'll see how it all plays out. But there is a huge story that came down early Thursday in the NFL and it involves the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, the L.A. Rams who had uh, told us um, that Case Keenum was their quarterback. Well, I don't think that's going to be the case after the news that broke. They have acquired the number one overall pick in the 2016 NFL Draft from the Tennessee Titans, and it cost a lot. Uh, Tennessee gets the Rams' first-round pick in 2016, which I believe is 15th overall, two second-round picks in 2016, a third-round pick in 2016, a first-round pick in 2017, and another third-round pick in 2017, and the Rams get, yes, the first overall pick, a fourth-round pick this year, and a sixth-round pick this year. This is a bombshell, one of the biggest trades in recent NFL history, certainly the biggest one since the last time the Rams were involved in a blockbuster Mm. that ended with the Redskins drafting RG3, uh, number two overall uh, in the 2012 draft. Uh, Greg, your first thought uh, when you heard about this deal? My thought was hooray for the Rams, hooray for the Titans too, that it can be a win-win, that that I talked about it uh, on the last show, that they, they seemed like a likely team to move up because they had to do it. They were just at this point in time where they absolutely need a quarterback. And I, you, there's no way to know if they're going to be a great quarterback. But if at any point Carson Wentz or Jared Goff, whoever they take, is a top 12 to 15 quarterback in the league, they make one Pro Bowl, whatever it is, it was worth it. You just, there's, nothing, there's no too much that you can give up for a quarterback. I think that's what you tweeted, right, right Chris? And, and I totally agree with that. There's no such thing as overpaying to get a franchise quarterback when you don't already have a franchise quarterback. Well, and I think the Titans are actually a good example of that because they feel obviously very confident that Marcus Mariota will be that guy for a long time, and they have the number one pick, and you're at that point just building around the most important position. And the trade, the Rams win for that exact reasons that you mentioned, but so do the Titans. They got a bundle in this, and they have a talented general manager, in my opinion, who looks like he's now has the picks to really build a decent team. They're not the Titans. Right, and they get a cup. They get the first and the third next year, so it's always nice when – 
these kind of trades stretch out over years and you can just look forward <laughs> to it and you get extra picks oh, the, that you can the, use in different ways. The Rams only were able to make this pick. Jeff Fisher made this point and he's absolutely right. They are only able to make this trade really because of the extra second round pick that they had picked up previously. So these sort of trades give you flexibility and ammo to do whatever you want. Well, he and Snead also, you know, were giving each other slaps on the back about the fact that, hey, it's a good thing we had that field goal blocked These guys in that think game they got we it lost all last out. year. I mean, they, they couldn't have framed a loss in more of a victorious way. A but they're to, right. A loss to Jim Tomsula. You'd be feeling pretty good, too, if you didn't have to go into your next season with Case Keenum as your quarterback. <laughs> By the way, the worst smokescreen in recent memory. I think maybe before RG3's draft, was there a John Beck smokescreen out in Landover? I can't recall. But no, no they, they really went they really fell, <laughs> They followed through on that one. Yeah. But I will say this. I still – they will for me, they're, they're going to remain the tytoons until they actually start – uh, mattering in wins and losses because we we said the same thing after Marcus Mariota was drafted and and he started so well and then they ended up being a joke and they ended up and this not, doesn't always sit with me well as a football fan that a team can be so sucky that they net, get to leverage that like they got Mariota last year the number two overall pick and then they got the number one pick again this year and then they they uh, leverage it against a team that was desperate so now they get all these other picks do something about it start getting better I do not want to see you in the top five again next year that's why I said bring about a lottery remember one, my draft rule yes rule I'd like to change one, right? get the lottery you get the Titans out of there and this is a much safer trade for the Titans I mean sure they could blow all these picks but to me it's it's almost a no lose trade at all for the Titans. It's almost un- they don't even have to think twice. Of course, we could look back in four years and say this didn't work out for the Rams. That's not the point. That's not saying they're not a winner today because there are chances in your football life, especially if you're Jeff Fisher and Les Snead, who are kind of on on the edge here of keeping their jobs, that are worth taking. And this is just one of those chances. Wiley Cats, by the worth way, taking these two guys. Not only we've been talking for years that these guys are Teflon. And now they wisely uh, trade up and get a quarterback. And as long as he shows anything, whoever they end up taking, uh, they will probably buy them more job security, even if they go 7-9 and nine again. Yes. Uh, these guys could be around for another two, three years, even without doing anything. Well, and I think whenever you find the quarterback, and it's a lesson to teams that want to get too smart and not pick a quarterback when you need one up top, Marcus Mariota, yes, the Titans are not a good team, but it was a perception-changing draft pick because we think differently about the Titans primarily because of one player right now. And they're able to think differently. They're able to think differently. The Rams are the same way. I mean, the Rams, we made fun of the Rams for their 7-9 and nine endless eternal streak. And the fact of this Case Keenum thing, one season after they basically lied to us about Sam Bradford. So now we don't have to hear any more fibbing and nonsense about the quarterback position. <laughs> you get them, you sit on them for the next decade. Well, we get it for a couple of weeks because they're yes. saying that they have not decided who the number one pick will oh, be. Oh, no, but they have plenty of hay in the barn. Are you buying a word of that? The old shucks charm of Les Snead, whose hair and the press are better than ever, by the way. But I think I'm now I'm starting to think he's turning on that uh, southern accent a little heavier to make him more endearing in what's going to be a major uh, uh, stressful period in his tenure. Was a conversation in the newsroom uh, among some of the ladies uh, that I sit near in the in the middle of the news desks uh, about Poor that guy. about his good looks that he was an eight that even even some that wasn't wasn't less as tight it wasn't he they weren't his type you know their type but. They well, they're not price. breaking news. I mean, he's right. been in our top hottest executive <laughs> rankings for a long time. Well, he's been, yeah, at the top of that list. Wes? I thought this is a rare trade where it would have been riskier for both teams to stand pat. The Titans could have drafted a Pro Bowl left tackle and had seven or eight open spots in their starting lineup on if you combine both sides of the ball. Now they have a chance in a draft where people say the meat of the draft is from the teens to 70. Six picks in the top 76 picks. You can address many different positions. The Rams, I think it's far riskier to stay 7-9 and nine and don't compete with Case Keenum. So what are you really giving up? Mm. You give up a chance to go 500 every year? Right. And I think they showed how it works the other way. People have argued that the Rams didn't do well with the RG3 trade. They did well with that trade. They got Brockers. They got... Um, who else am I forgetting? Aaron Donald in the trade was one of those picks. It, whatever it was, it it was a solid group of players. And if Ogletree. the Titans just if the Titans just get three or four starters, it's a good trade for them. And that, that's, obviously, that's almost like to, the best you can hope for. I mean, right. the way the draft. Works. Well, you hope to get a star out of the. Out well, you of hope to be the Dallas group. Cowboys Herschel Walker type thing, where you really hit on a few guys and build a championship, which they hardly they have not built anything beyond a 500 outfit. 
maybe this is the one, the move that finally pulls it all together. By the way, Greg, you wrote a winner and lo- winners and losers piece of the trade, which you, everyone can see at NFL.com slash Rosenthal. Uh, who is the biggest? Who are the biggest losers in this deal? Well, I don't think the Browns can like that that a team just traded up ahead of them to take a quarterback. We don't know if the Browns are going to take a quarterback. We'll never know if they wanted the quarterback that the Rams take, assuming they don't trade. They're already putting it out there that, well, maybe the Titans, I mean, maybe the Rams and the Browns will trade. They both like Jared Goff. Who really knows? But the Browns might have a guy that they really wanted at quarterback, and now their option could be limited. It's just not a good thing that that a team with the same needs passes in front of them. Totally agreed. I do think that they probably were prepared for someone to do this. I mean, it sounded even yesterday before the trade, I talked to someone in the office who said basically that teams around the league aren't wondering if the the Titans will trade Mm. the pick, just when and to who. It was was almost presumed to be done. Well, and other teams were in the mix, uh, according to – the Titans. So I think those other teams, you got to think of them as potential losers. I would put the 49ers at the top of that list, picking number seven. I thought either they could take a quarterback there, or maybe they were going to trade up the Cowboys at four. Maybe they're going to take a quarterback or, or be able to trade that pick. So those, those teams seem to like losers to me too. It's going to be tougher for them. Big winner, by the way. Oh yeah. Hard knocks fans. Yep. This could. This is shaping up as potentially the best season ever. It's got, got all the ingredients. You got all. You got all the ingredients. You got Sneed and Fishbaum, and you got the L.A. move and all the drama there, and Todd Gurley, and now you import all this drama with the number one overall pick, some hotshot quarterback. Maybe we'll see him hitting the dating scene in Hollywood. Well, let me ask you because you <laughs> cover Hard Knocks primarily for the site. It's the only thing I really do here, actually. It's it's, it's essentially your only end around. End around is big. Mm. That too comes around once. Mostly a year. Hard Knocks recaps. <laughs> Which rookie yeah. quarterback would you rather? See, I know that we don't spend a lot of time with these guys, but Wentz or Goff. Are you setting me up for failure? Well, just question? go. maybe just go off their looks if you don't know anything about them. Just I don't. Yeah. Uh, they're both uh, uh, whites. Um, <laughs> one's from North Dakota State. I feel like maybe a little culture shock. I like that. I think how much better. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, what do you th- who, who do you think would Wentz be better? Seems like he has a little bit more personality. I don't think either one of them's. You know, they're quarterbacks for the most part. Quarterbacks aren't you know, going to blow you away with wild personality. I think Remember Wentz, Wentz is considered the more like a personality right. type. He, know, see, he seems more interesting. Think about the quarterback battle now that you'll have. Instead of Keenum versus Manion or Keenum versus Foles, <laughs> Nick Foles will not be on the roster. Nick Foles will just be, will be sobbing in the uh, quarterback. He'll be on another team. team. It He'll might work out team. well for him because he has guaranteed money from the Rams. Anyways, uh, now well, it's Keenum versus the North Dakota State guy. Because you know Keenum is sitting there. He's a loser in this trade. He's competitive enough, I'm sure, as any professional would be, that this annoys him. And he's going to, even though it's an uphill battle, he's going to be battling as hard as he can to keep that job. All right. Wes is can I for him. make one more point about this trade? Yes, sir. No. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> so I did some research. Since 2008, when Joe Flacco was – drafted at number 18, 20 quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round. Tim Tebow is the only one outside of the top five picks who's won a playoff game. And if you look at the franchise quarterbacks from those, out of those 20 guys, only six I would classify as franchise quarterbacks if you Mm. include um, Winston, Mariota, and Bortles. They're all drafted in the top five picks. It's a different game than it was in 99 and 2000 when guys like Kurt Warner and Jeff Garcia and Rich Gannon were coming out of nowhere to be great quarterbacks. Right. You can hit on a second-round pick. I mean, it, it happens. Andy Dalton, Derek Carr. But I think what you're saying is is these guys that that teams kind of agree they're worth taking as a, as a franchise type. you got to take them high. They're just going to go high, and you're going to get your Jake Lockers of the world every now and then too. All right. That's what's happening in the news. And now, Wes, who again, as he grips that pen uh, in the same way he feels, wow, wait a second, it's all coming into focus. Hashtag blessed to be here. Yes or no? (laughs) (laughs) On schedule release day? Yes. You, what, you don't like schedule release? Free pen. Well, you know, this is a nod to Greg's excellent leadership. Leadership, he kept me out of the schedule analysis online. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was it was good because, you know, 
When well, we, you know, I love when Wes, Wes dictates the terms of his writing around here. He didn't say he anything. He got out of this entirely? He didn't say anything. See, you just blew blew the cover. I, sometimes I just do things quietly. Wes went on a schedule release rant. and uh, Dan, how about you start doing a lot of this uh, film analysis thing? Yeah, yeah, see, I, didn't, I didn't every, ask you out of that. Every, I, you know. he, did not, he, didn't, he did not ask. I just made a decision. You know, why, why force someone that is clearly uh, antagonistic to the beautiful <laughs> enterprise when there's not that much? We used to have so much to do for schedules. Now it's like we each won one meaty I get I get where Wes comes from out. on this. Yeah, I do more than my fair share on a lot of the analysis stuff. I get it, Wes. Listen, this is analysis, too. I know yeah, it's you don't analysis. believe in it's, it. It's, it's like, I, yeah, I find it very hard to analyze a schedule four months, five months before the season, so... Uh, it's hard for me to come up with it. Right. It's Wes is just less talented than the rest of us at our at schedule analysis. That's, That's what you've come to. Absolutely true. We're, we're great at schedule. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Here's the here's the truth about it. It is it is a little fluffy, uh, but I will say this. And th- there's a lot of like the NFL was catching a ton of heat yesterday on social media because there was an announcement about the announcement. And yes, it's all a little bit ridiculous. Your old friends at PFT were cute as usual. Uh, taking shots at the league. And it's like, but then PFT will have 17 stories up about the schedule and as soon as it lands and or leaks. So everybody that's complaining about the schedule, not you, Wes, uh, calm down. Well, then don't read about it. Don't don't get all involved with it. Just stay away until September. If, if I'm the person, I, I guess it would be Eric Weinberger is one of them, the, the people that really help start NFL Network, the, the number one successes that they've had for the league as a whole are the, the scouting combine and this schedule release thing, which I also agree with, with Wes, especially back in the day. I used to think was just nonsense. But once our network started doing it for two hours and making it some event, then ESPN copied it, and then everyone's doing all this stuff, and hey, it's paying the bills. It's paying the bills is right. So let's let's break the schedule down. All thirty two teams now. We already they all knew the teams who were they were playing, but now they know when they're playing, where they're playing, uh, uh, what time they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's good. You always need to know what time. Just like Wes, you and I have our first softball game uh, at seven thirty tonight. Just you two. Oh, I yeah. thought it wasn't happening. Uh, well, we might we might be scrimmaging. Uh, because the other team is going to forfeit from what we're hearing. Mm. We don't know. Also on the team is the Irish. Oh, okay, I just wanted to make sure. I thought I that uh, breaking news there. No. Maybe West got out of the schedule thing because, you know, just sitting near you guys this week, there's been roughly, <laughs> what, 20 hours of discussion and planning right. about a, a you know a, a, an NFL right. employee. I, I wish you guys the best of luck, but Mark, I mean, it's been a heavy operation. Mark and I also, you know, in the middle, like when our contract negotiations come up, we'll bring up the fact, think of all the extra productivity you got out of us because oh, we're bet. not involved with this softball Oh, that's going to glow. Taking up half their time. Any executive above us will see that clear as day if they know what they're doing. <laughs> By the way, the more... The the morale, the the teamwork, the the character building of playing with your colleagues, that is work in its own right. And for Wes and I, uh, I'm the Joe Torrey. Wes is my first lieutenant, uh, Don Zimmer. Uh, we are putting together a champion, uh, and we will keep people informed on the season. Uh, Brandon is a young prospect. He has a first baseman's mitt. Will he be able to play first base? We don't know, Wes, because it's a co-ed team, and you just don't know how the strategy breaks down. Well, one I, thing if to I'm know. Wes, who, who by all accounts is a star on this team, I'd be a little insulted that he's called Don Zimmer. <laughs> Jeez, <give laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't know, you don't know the nuances about, of the And sport. just so it doesn't well, get ugly in this profiling. room, so it doesn't get <laughs> ugly in here, Greg and I did your team a tremendous favor by not joining. <laughs> That's so, all right, that we we've we've helped you tr- yeah. a lot. And Dan, I want the record to show yes. I dove on the first practice. Did. One only one guy was bleeding like, during I our, dove. We basically had a catch uh on yeah. Tuesday and uh Brandon got dirty on one play and had skinned his knee. So yes. that I go all out just like I go out for this podcast, all right? Pick up the chisels. Big day for Brandon so far. You're doing great, buddy. All right, so let's get into the schedule a little bit. Uh, we'll start with, uh, Greg, you wrote a piece up on the site right now. Uh, first, we'll get into the opener. The first game that we're all going to watch, and we'll be all excited, th- Thursday night uh, of week one has now become customary that the, the defending Super Bowl champion uh, plays at home, unless the owner of the Orioles uh, bangs you in a big spot. Uh, you will play <laughs> at home. Uh, so in this case, the Denver Broncos will open the season against who, Greg? The Carolina Panthers. Yummy rematch. First ever Super Bowl rematch to kick off a season, which probably shouldn't be that surprising. It's only somehow the seventh 
Super Bowl rematch in a regular season in NFL history, which seems like a low number. But, well, it does, except but if then you, you look think, at the way the I guess if you think about it, yeah. but the league used to be smaller. Either way, if, if you looked at the schedule, the Texans as a potential week one kickoff really annoyed me. I was not excited about that. I thought Patriots would be fine uh, kicking off again the season, but I like this one. The, uh, Cam Newton uh, against that Denver defense trying to make amends. You're not going to get revenge and, for the Super Bowl, but at least you can give your next season a nice little feel. Or if the Panthers are 0-1 after this game, it's just such a drag. How are you going to feel if it's Mark Sanchez right, starting, if, though? Well, it's either going to be Sanchez. Wait, did you just break your own rule? Well, oh, I, I needed oh, I needed to provide woo. news. Wow! I needed to provide news and analysis, hey. so I put myself second. Well, Greg nothing. declared or Mark declared a Mark Sanchez moratorium on the pod. Well, it's more that. important that I will not write about him on any okay. level ever. Um, by the way, this and what I would it, I would guess Kaepernick though. If I had to, if I had to guess a uh, week one, well, please it's can we not talk about that? I'm just saying. Yeah, but you're right. You're probably right. There is, you know, I think that. Um, this will be a strange situation because the Panthers were so badly outplayed uh, a couple of months ago. Now you would think there'll be there'll be a favorite in this game, right? Were they that badly outplayed? Oh, well, maybe I guess maybe not. It's in Denver. They, it was they the committed of- a lot of their own mistakes on on the field. I it I think I did go back and rewatch it eventually, and it reminded me a lot of the Giants Patriots Super Bowl, where I thought that the the Giants were so much tougher than the Patriots throughout the game. So, yeah, maybe they weren't – it wasn't that mismanaged, but the Broncos were the tougher team on That's both true. sides of the ball, no doubt. Um, okay, what about some other, Greg, primetime games that really jumped out to you when you uh, thumbed your way through the schedule? By the way, the notorious <laughs> DOP, uh, Hank Hodgson, known in some circles as Handsome Hank on the Dave Damashek football program, it is cloak-and-dagger stuff when the schedule – gets handed out to only essential personnel in the newsroom. Uh, hashtag blessed. We all got a copy of the schedule yesterday. <laughs> I didn't give Wes one. I, I was See? kept out of the loop. I didn't, I, he wasn't <laughs> right. It, he didn't get one. The perk. It's, it was It was kept under lock and key to the point Believe where. Believe me, I gave zero thought to not having <laughs> the schedule. We were warned to you know hide the schedule because if it leaks on your watch, a banged. You can't get the digital copy. You got to just get the hard. Copy. When you post these articles, you know to pull to go behind the curtain, you're only allowed to email it to two or three very specific people. The last thing you want to do is use the collective group email, which would send it to our entire office. So it's a right. good thing that none of us did that, right, Dan? <laughs> I happen to write a piece that we'll get into a little bit. Best revenge games on the schedule. Yeah that I sent to roughly uh, 500 uh, people in, in the company. Uh, not all essential personnel, and you just hope there's no traders. Including seasonal employees who are home right now, you know, probably out to lunch Can and I, texting I should, stuff to I friends. should share an email that I got from a shadowy league figure, uh, one of the top lieutenants within our division, uh, who replied to my email or my copy with the uh, line, probably shouldn't have done that to... <laughs> DM writers, yeah, which is the name of the group. That's understated. Probably. And then I responded, because there's only one way to respond, yes, I am an idiot. Yes. <laughs> anyway, primetime games. Well, I, I focused on the week one primetime games, which is really what I always look at first. That's all I care about, because I can't think too far ahead. And I think the best game of the season for me happens to be that first Sunday night game. I wish they had saved it a little longer, but Cardinals... Patriots in Arizona as your week one Sunday night game. I mean, that is those are two corkers off the bat. You have the four teams that were the final four in the NFL are the two first NBC games. And, you know, as talented as a team as you could possibly want in Arizona, Chandler Jones, first game of the year, he's going to be trying oh, to wow. make Bill Belichick pay for it. You got your first Martellus Bennett, Rob Gronkowski together sighting. It's a cool game. We're, I don't like it because we tape a pod during it. We're going to get our first look at Carson Palmer's irreversible decline. I mean, a <laughs> lot of stuff to look forward to. Wes, you can get excited about this game. Yeah. This was... We were tasked with an NFL Now hit, and this was going to be my choice for best game of the year. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be the Sunday So for night. you, week two, it's all downhill. It's just to turn off your team. Th- those are two fun ones That's to it. start. And then you have the, the two Monday night games. Of course, they do the double header. Love the double header. Now that's traditional. I wish they would just do that every Monday night. Why not? Oh, Greg. Why Greg, not? It's tasteful. Because it's about, you know. Remember they had that middle of the night Sunday night game? That was terrific. That was too much also. That was, that was Raiders. But also the London games at 5 a.m. Let's. Yeah, I like that too. Let's calm down with that as well. New window. <laughs> all right, go Just ahead. spread them all out. Well, you remember my old theory. This was a couple years ago on the podcast. I broke it out. Just two games a day 
for the entire. I <laughs> love that idea. I do. No, no days off. Two games it a day. Is, I like that theory. Okay, uh, Steelers, Redskins. Little random, but two playoff teams on that first Monday night game. I mean, I like it. I like, like it. that we're diffusing the boring <clears throat> nature of the NFC East uh, with uh, the most exciting offense just about to watch in the league. And then uh, the the Monday night finale, first Los Angeles Rams game in San Francisco. Well, why why in San Francisco? That's mildly tedious. <laughs> Why? Because you want the. Uh, it is a little weird. Why th- not kick off the L.A. era in L.A.? That's a great. That's a great point. And, sure, the uh, Coliseum is in ruins right now, so they're just frantically <laughs> trying. to... Well, there it. are legitimate issues with the Coliseum in USC, as you could imagine. And if you look at the Rams' schedule, they only have two games in the Coliseum before November sixth, and that's largely because of USC playing on Saturdays and different rules and things like that. They also have their quote-unquote home game in London during that time, so that takes up some time. But who knows? We don't know who the quarterback's going to be for either of these teams, but it is Chip Kelly 2.0. That's not a bad one to end it. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, teams that at this point, uh, it appears that the scheduling gods are working in their favor. And, Greg, we actually did an NFL Now uh, video hit uh, earlier this morning. Uh, where you were talking about the Green Bay Packers, of all teams, of all the teams that need a break, uh, the Packers appear to have a nice clear path to perhaps the NFC North title. Yeah, I like that. The if I like all the NFC North schedule because they have the easiest out of division schedule. I think that of any teams, I believe it's the AFC South and the NFC East. So if you want to load up some wins. I think the Vikings, Packers, Lions, you know, they're all in good shape. The one thing the Packers have going for them is they don't have to play the Packers. Because that's a tough match. They, the one thing the Packers have going for them is they don't really play any superpowers. Right. There, I, I, the, the schedule looks uh, for Green Bay, especially early in the season. You're always looking at, like, is a team going to get off to a quick start? And I love the way the Packers schedule. Yes, it starts with two road games, Jaguars, Vikings. But then you don't face another team that had a winning record last year until what is it, week 11, and that's the Redskins. So it's just a a lot of teams that were mediocre last year, and and that's true of a lot of these NFC North schedules. You know, Connor Orr wrote this piece. Again, we have a ton of schedule release content at NFL.com. Almost too much. You could argue that. You could argue that. Uh, And if you can't get enough of this written content, three hours of live coverage on the old uh, Mothership Network. Yeah, if you're listening to our podcast. Get the whole family together. Three hours. Go for it, a picnic. Uh, Connor Orr has <laughs> Connor Orr has offered up the Dallas Cowboys as a team with an easiest schedule. I'm not sure if I agree because I don't know if they're a type of team that has any gimmies. But this is what Connor had to say. Uh, they opened at home. They got back to back. Well, they opened the home against the Giants. They travel to Washington. Then they host the Bears at home before going up to San Francisco. It's a good uh, start. It's a it's a nice start. And and I. Um, you know, I talked about the Ravens as another team that I thought had uh, what looked like an easier, easier sked because they're playing the two East divisions, which uh, other than the Reds, other than the Patriots, there's not a lot of powerhouses. But I like to look. I don't like to put too much into the schedule, but I like to look at the top of the schedule and see which teams uh, can potentially get off to that two and zero, three and one, best case scenario, four and zero type start. Uh, I think the Ravens are a team like that. Connor believes the Cowboys are. A team like that as well. Yeah, I, I kind of disagree because the NFC East, while the in-division games are not difficult, they do have to play the AFC North out of the division. They do have to play the NFC West, I believe, out of the division. Am I wrong? I'm wrong. The AFC North, which is either way, it's not easy. AFC North is you don't want to any, any any NFC East team is dealing with a tough deal there. Now let's move to Wes. Any thoughts on that? No, no thoughts. You guys covered it well, <laughs> as you did. Wes is just going to sit out the the whole podcast, as you did in the written form. Uh, who was your easiest schedule on on NFL Now? I I believe you thought the Baltimore Ravens. Well, I talked about that roughly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was looking. It's okay, Greg. You you we're all excited about the schedule release. He took my hot take. It was going to be the Packers. Mm. When I glanced at their schedule, it seemed by far the easiest of anyone. Um, you know, if there's teams that have a, a nice schedule, there's teams they got banged, and I want to talk about one of them. And, you know, it's not fair because a certain team that plays in the Meadowlands snapping back to the big game since 1969, 
Did, you know, won 10 games last year. Didn't even get in the playoffs. And how do my New York Jets get rewarded for being a non-playoff team with this heavy heart and the pain of all the years of frustration? Number two on the pain rankings, NFL.com slash pain rankings. The New York Jets start their season with six games, uh, five games. Uh, their first six games are against five playoff teams. Cincinnati Bengals at home, at Buffalo, at Kansas City, home to Seattle, at Pittsburgh, at Arizona on a Monday night. The only team that didn't make the playoffs, of course, is the Bills, who swept the Jets last year. And it's on a short week uh, on the road. Mm. It would be very – it's very possible that my beloved New York Jets, and you guys, I can tell you guys are emotional and upset about it as well, uh, could go 2-4. and four. Worst case scenario, go one and five, and their season's over. I'm very nervous that this could be one of those seasons where the Jets bomb out in the first two months. Well, flip side, based on the schedule. flip side would be that this is a perfect set the table operation for Geno Smith's comeback tour. <laughs> this is, I you know, don't even play the game. Lost season for the Jets. Mo Wilkerson gets traded on draft weekend. Geno Smith takes over at quarterback, and they have a hard schedule. It's going to be like a well, Geno Smith's going to take over after the two and four start when they bench Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then he's going to look great. It does. It does ease up. And we, by the way, none of the, any uh, nothing <laughs> anyone said just now is not unrealistic. It's all this is in play. I think the Jets are doomed uh, after looking at the schedule. <laughs> that is a – you almost wonder because they, they try so hard for parity and to give a team like the Jets who had a nice season last year, you thought they'd want to bounce off that. That is a rough, well, it's, rough slate. It's just today. It's just the AFC East. And, yes, the Jets' schedule eases up a little bit in the second half, although they do have their – Better. Two, they have their two Patriots games in the last six weeks, so those are obviously – That's difficult. easing up. But – the AFC East, they all have tough schedules. It, uh, he's a Jets fan, but if the Jets had opened with the Dolphins schedule, we'd be hearing crying about that too. The Dolphins start with the longest potential trip in the entire NFL if you're staying domestic, and that is to Seattle. That's a loss. The next week is in Foxborough. That is literally the hardest one-two punch, any combination I believe that you could come up with in the NFL. Well, it gets Seattle, real nice in week three. At New England. Yes, you get the Browns in week three for your home opener. So, you know, Gloria Estefan's going to enjoy that. You know, she brings out what, – what's her backup band? Dude, the, the Miami Sound Machine. Sound Machine. Wow, so the Sound Machine's playing halftime. You get a win, but then you go to Cincinnati on a Thursday night on a short week. Another tough team. So that if you're if you're better than one and three coming out of that, they're doing pretty lucky. Yeah, huh? but then they got they got the Titans, and maybe they'll be better this year. But the Browns, obviously, uh, four and twelve team. The Titans, two and fourteen, sandwiching the Bengals game. So we don't know how these teams are going to be. Well, but they, basically, they could be okay. They could be two and three after five weeks. But they basically have the same schedule as the Jets. And so my point is, the Bills have this schedule. The Patriots have a tougher version of this schedule. The oh, they eight, do. Do they pay, play the Patriots twice? No, they don't have to deal with <laughs> what a joke. That. The classic Touché. throw to be. All right, the classic <laughs> throw to bees. Again, again. How do you forget that, Greg? New England opens in Arizona, by the way. A brutal start. Uh, <laughs> the, the division has to play the top two divisions of our division power ranking. So we're the smartest uh, NFL analysts in the country. We decided that the AFC North and the NFC West are the two best divisions. Those are the two divisions that the AFC East plays. So you could see a lot of these teams kind of slide back a little bit. It's going to be tougher. I like that the Browns and 49ers are listed here on the hardest schedules because when your roster is in such dire straits as they are in San Francisco and Cleveland, every game is a hard game on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland, the problem in Cleveland. But it's true. They do have a tough schedule. That division is hard. It's always tough because you automatically get banged six times with the other teams in that division. But the the other problem is they're just not good at football right now. So it's like, honestly, because even some of these bad teams, you could have what we would call an easy schedule. You're still going to win three games. Yeah, but it's especially it especially seems cruel for the Browns. In their first seven games, only two of them are at home. So five road games out of seven, which is a very, you know, they obviously have a heavy backloaded home schedule. And those two home games, one's against the Ravens, you know, division game, and the other one's against the Patriots. So well, you've got to be that annoyed is just if a brutal start. That is. And if you're the ownership in Cleveland and you're trying to sell tickets and, and all your games are at home in November and December and you're one and nine, exactly. you're looking That's at a, a half empty stadium. Is 0 16 in play? You are a factory of sadness! Stop. 
Don't say that before. Put the chisel down. <laughs> Look at the Buccaneers in the first five <laughs> weeks. This stands out. In the first five weeks, the Buccaneers play the Cardinals, Broncos, and Panthers. Yes. The three best teams in the NFL. Yeah, and two of those games are on the road. I think oh, they, that's a car they play two road games uh, to start the year. The Bucks have have a tough one. I thought the Rams, and you could really put any team that gets stuck playing a home game in London as a team with an un, uh, a tough schedule because you're basically giving up a home game. I know everyone's excited they're moving here, but like I said, they have two home games uh, in L.A. before November 6th, and that's because of the USC thing, and they also, are they going to have that much of a home field advantage here anyways? Aren't there going to be a lot of road road fans in that's L.A.? Quite possible, at least initially. Uh, all right, let's move on. And you uh, got to play four games against the Seahawks and Cardinals. That That's ain't fun. fun. That ain't fun, bro. Uh, let's move on, Mark. You wrote uh, an excellent piece. I couldn't put it down. On the Thursday night football schedule, uh, <laughs> the games that really jumped out to you. Well, uh, I had to write about every game, actually. So, And and I know, I believe I had this assignment last year, and it was a banger, I remember. Uh, the uh, Twitter, Kevin, first of all, breakdown. Kevin Patrick had it, uh, wasn't it? Dan had it two years ago. He I did see. a very, uh, what I thought was, I wanted to take this approach. You You put them in tiers. Mm. Kind oh, of best right. to worst. Right. And then NFL Network got on Dan's back and said, uh-uh, it's we ain't doing before. it this way. So now it becomes a what a Russian novel where you go through every single game and give your thoughts. That reminds me of when they uh, had me do a, a live blog of the first Pro Bowl draft. <laughs> and I made a, a crack about Steve Mariucci potentially getting blown into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and several producers talked bad about me behind my back for years. <laughs> and maybe to this day. Uh, for bad, it's still going on. All right, Mark. Uh, TNF sked. What jumps out? Well, it, when I was going to do top five, I I struggled with it to be honest with you because I think TNF has a has a a bit of a complexity issue in terms of getting the best games because it's where you have to put all these teams that wouldn't be on primetime otherwise, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of. Divisional games, obviously. Yeah, they uh, really focused on that. Well, I think they, they're almost all divisional they, games. They aren't all because you've got Miami right. and Cincinnati in week four. I like right out of the gate. I know you don't like the Jets schedule, but week two, Jets versus Rex Ryan in the Bills. I like getting that. Let's tee that up early and get a feel for both teams. I think yep. you know Buffalo's got a lot to prove. The Jets don't want to deal with Rex Ryan. They want to put him under six feet under the ground, and they'll have a chance. Oh, we don't to want to kill him. We don't want to kill him. Well, I'm, I don't. You know, I don't want it was to die a, either. But can I just say it was kind of an amicable, amicable divorce between Jets fans and Rex. I like to make it more than yeah. it was. <laughs> um, you know, I thought there was a lost opportunity in Week Five. Arizona Cardinals, which were on prime time a lot last year, you put them against the Niners, and you know, come on, could we have found a better matchup here? Mm. But again, TNF has to get the Niners on well, prime time somehow. That's an interesting call, though, because the minimum is one prime time game, but the Niners, just looking at it, they got two, and that, I feel like that's one too many for the Niners. I feel that's like two too many. They should have been at the minimum. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, they got the they got the opening week one, which is sort of. You know, that, that doubleheader second one isn't the best spot. But, yeah, I agree. Cardinals, 49ers. But there's some good games here. Texans-Patriots is interesting week three. I think they, they have done a good job later in the year because week 13 and 14, December 1st and December 8th, you get the Cowboys at the Vikings. Has potential to be interesting. And, you know, a matchup that has really pretty much sucked for a long time, the Raiders and Chiefs, a storied rivalry actually might have some juice at that time of year. I like this week 16 game with playoff implications on the line. TJ Yates comes off the bench, recovered from ACL surgery, and beats the Bengals again. Wow. <laughs> That's on Christmas. There we go, Wes. I love it. <laughs> That's on Christmas Eve. So while while the rest of America is unwrapping presents and by the fire, TJ Yates. Merry keeps Christmas, us warm. Bengals fans. With Wes at the keyboard, monitoring every move. <laughs> by the way, this is this has nothing to do with, you know, we I guess we could have known this before uh, today. But this is one of those years, and I, I believe it only happens once every seven years. First time since 2011. Or I guess even more often, that, that football is being played on Saturday of Week 16, the whole league just about, and it's Christmas Eve. With and a then, night game. And then with a night game. Then they put a couple games on Christmas as well. Papa, 
Where are you? Yeah, basically, as I, you know, when I was scanning this, you're trying to, how, what fires are, are we going to need to put out on the home front? It's a long season, and, you know, you get around to the fact that we all, you know, you're getting banged with three games on Thanksgiving, and now it's usually Christmas, which, you know, it three falls on a then. Wednesday or a Thursday, and everyone, Connor Orr probably does an early shift, and everyone else is off. Now it's line it, line yourself up for 27 games oh, in a row, a ton at night, everyone Mama, six across. Go, Mama, did Daddy go away? <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for that. Exactly. You know the, the you know the league has essentially uh, fit their family first motto takes a hit here. You just you just gonna have to pretend <laughs> that the twenty sixth the twenty sixth is Christmas. That's all. Mama, oh, that's a great that's a great tradition. Mama, what are daddy's priorities? <laughs> Can I mention one thing in week ten? Beat writers listening to this thinking we're a bunch of uh, spoiled guys. We get to stay home with our family. They all got to well, go travel. All right. They are not listening to this. Mark, can, but you get, can, you provide, beat writers. can you provide some nuanced context on NFL's deal with Twitter? Uh, well, I actually asked a question because I asked a follow-up question. They said, what is it going to look like on Twitter? What does it mean? You sit there and it's uh, you can't get away from it? There are a lot of people on Twitter who have nothing to do with football. They yeah. have a choice to not watch it. And the answer was, we don't know. That's not new. That that's where we're at. Well, that's yeah. just, I'm giving you as much. Well, information I assume it'll as be it'll be some sort of, you know, like any online presentation. It'll just be it'll basically be some sort of screen or whatever you call it app type of thing. You're watching the game, and maybe they'll integrate screen Twitter, makes sense. Twitter next to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's not like they're gonna make you watch uh, it. Cool. You got to open it up like like the NBC one or the NFL one. It, well, yeah, or the couch Twitter. show on Sunday. Might How do you tweet while you're the watching the game? Well, that's on the Twitter. thing. How is that going to be integrated? Is it just going to be sort of on the right rail where it's all like connected? It'd be cool if they don't change the name of that show to the couch show. They're really missing an opportunity. Well, they have check. Oh, wait, what is it? Again? Oh, we're a little rusty now. It's the Sunday Extravaganza NFL Game Day mm. Blitz. NFL Game Day yeah. Blitz uh, only on NFL now. But well, you know what's different too is, is we get Al and Chris on these. Thursday nights. They have five games. CBS has five games. Well, they won't know what to do without an NFC East team in and every one of these. Since you brought well, up, they do have the Cowboys here at least once. Since That's you it. brought up the announcers, oh, Mike Tarico, you've done it again. Tasked with calling the final Kobe Bryant game, you provided call after call that made me think, once again, you are the best in the business uh, with all apologies to Al Michaels. So versatile. I thought it was funny, though, that Hubie Brown, there was a little bit of discomfort you could tell with him of the total focus on he's hit 50 points. And then Hubie's like, yeah, but they're trailing by 10. Like he kept mentioning that. He did that, say that a couple that, times. That, yes. that, oh, hey, by the way, like there's a game being played. Yeah, but who was It all worked wow. out well because Kobe ended up making a comeback and they win. But but every once in a while you could see it was a little uncomfortable with Tariko just going nuts. Well, who really had the right context though? Because who cared about the game? The game's the outcome of the game Tariko, Tariko got to the heart of the matter. I agree, but only because they won. If they had lost by 10, it wouldn't have been the same thing. It was a good Costas impersonation by Tariqa, getting mm. to the heart of the matter. Well, I like that. <laughs> by the way, a lot more Costas it's, coming it, at you with this new uh, Thursday night. Oh, that's true. It's interesting. Oh, I noticed man. in our makeup room, I don't know if Dan or Wes, you've ever seen this, uh, there's a picture of Bob Costas with his signature on it. In our makeup room, you know how people sign a yes. little picture and they put it up. There's one from Costas from 2004. I saw that the other day. I went back in there today and I looked, and it was stolen. Great. It was uh, gone. No, that is not. It was gone. I think number one, we, we have seen that. Is. It's a Polaroid. They have hundreds of Polaroids of everyone that's everyone ever been. But us. That's right. <laughs> everyone but four people that have ever been on NFL Network, and Costas oh, is one of them. <laughs> that's fun. Uh, Listen, our list of grievances is, is long. <laughs> Uh, finally, uh, before we get out of here, let's talk uh, revenge games. I'm just trying to goose this one up a little bit because I wrote the copy. So it's like when the chorus hits is when it really takes off. Bang. Mm. All right. This, this, this gets me thinking. I should ask. I should ask my wife. Emika, you know, for her, some of her favorite J-pop. I mean, because I think you can do, do even better than this. Pon, pon, pon? I know she likes Bump of Chicken. That's one. Oh, we got to look that up. <laughs> what that is was, name? that name? Irishman, can you take note of that? That wasn't her favorite. I, there was this other group that was her favorite. No, that sounds buddy, like a euphemism. My buddy Dave liked them, too, but I can't remember. How do you Bump top, of Chicken. Bump of Brandon. Chicken. How do you top that 
good luck to you. Let's open That's the next perverse. show with, with a bump of chicken. All right, so the this uh, this is about the games that scream revenge. Uh, and the two that really obviously jump out, uh, one in week seven. Uh, we'll start with – actually, we'll put it in order in which they'll take place. Week four, RG3 against the Redskins in Landover. Uh, we, the, of course, there are two things in play here for this even to be something that's on – uh, the nation's collective radar by the time this actually comes around. RG3 has to be the starter for the Cleveland Browns, which we don't know as of yet, depending on how the draft shakes out. And RG3 has to stay healthy for the first uh, three weeks of the season, which is no given, obviously, given uh, his history. But let's just, for the fun of it, say he is on the field as the starter and he is oh, high in the sky, playing well, Mark. Uh, then he gets to go into Washington, the team that gave up on him, the guy that was supposed to make that franchise relevant for a decade and a half. Instead, they kicked him out the door, and now he gets a chance at revenge. I thought this might wind up being Cleveland. You look at Cleveland's schedule for like the eighth year in a row. There are There is one primetime game and 15 games that start at 1 p.m. I Eastern. noticed that. And that's the case again. I thought this would get that primetime treatment, but you know, it has to be earlier in the year. And it's, it's probably they're that, lucky it's, that it's early. They knew it wasn't definitely going to happen, so they probably couldn't bank on it. What? What, Greg? No. Well, they put them They put them on Thursday night football in week 10 against the you Ravens think, in Baltimore. You think Mark's Who? being cute? The way he's the talking Browns. about the Browns in primetime? Is that I what mean, why? Like? that's not – forget me. Football fans don't want to watch that game. Well, so I guess, I guess you're right. That's I mean, fair. come on. Wait, what is the question? Well, I thought that I thought he was like smirking at you because Oh no, I don't think he griping about the Browns primetime. No, I think he knows that that's not a good idea. <laughs> I like this Mario Williams because it was just at the owners meetings in March where Rex said we're going to have that game circled. Hmm. Yeah, and not only did Mario Williams call out Rex and that's two matchups obviously cuz Williams landed with the Dolphins so week 7 and 16 Williams called out Rex Ryan's schemes as not a good fit for his skill set. And then Bill's players, as things uh, got ugly, leaked how Mario wasn't really playing hard. And this was a guy who's, you know, highest paid guy on the team. Uh, by the way, a little breaking news uh, since we're on the topic of the Buffalo Bills. Percy Harvin. Nice. Man, the chisels. Everybody, everybody's working through the weekend on Mount Rushmore because Brandon is killing it today. <laughs> Percy Harvin has is, is told the Bills that he's retiring uh, from the NFL. This is from Rap Sheet, per source informed of Harvin's thinking. So we had heard uh, this basically uh, goes against the reporting from about a month ago that he was planning on playing, but apparently, you know, speculation here, but maybe that hip is not bouncing back and it's now something that he decided to end his career on. Percy Harvin out of football before the age of 30. Definitely just doesn't mean what it used to mean. Because that's what the report was, March 30th. He's definitely playing in 2000. Well, he he has informed the Bills that he, that he's retiring. Who knows? He could obviously change his mind. But next what, week, right? And or he could even more likely change his mind next year. Uh, that's becoming. I don't know if it's a trend, but I could see it becoming a trend. Players taking a year off, like Anthony Davis. Percy Harvin's only 27 years old. Might decide he wants to play again. But if he doesn't play again, what a weird career. Yeah, four four teams looked like a superstar gets kicked off, essentially the the Super Bowl champion team because of a fight. Just every it's just strange a strange career. career when you thought he was going to be so good. From a talent level, though, I mean, we just talked about RG three. You want to talk about a list of players where injuries sideswiped what would have been potentially a really fascinating NFL career. I mean, Harvin is if if you had put Harvin with an earlier period Brett Favre when he was with Favre in the in the in the Vikings. He was marvelous. He was good as a rookie. He's a very, a rare rookie that came into the league and make it, made a big impact right away and was pretty healthy his first three years in the league. The injuries, what was the migraine? It was like, I yeah. feel like we've, there were 4,000 articles written something. about the migraine. And, and with uh, Harvard, it just shows you how quickly things cha- change in the league. Last spring, there was the big... Uh, around the Jets, a big hubbub. Should they keep Percy Harvin at $13, $14 million a year or cut him loose and go get someone else? They decided to trade for Brandon Marshall. That obviously worked out very well for Big Mac. He then signs with the Bills, Wes, and I remember you writing about it. He looked great uh, in September, and and then the injury bug came up and got him. Well, early in his career, one of the physically toughest wide receivers in the league and maybe the best after-catch wide receiver I ever saw was the mm. first – Eight weeks of 2000, 
11 or 12. I don't, he was in the MVP race, and he was so elusive after the catch. Bill well, Belichick loves him. Well, think about it. Only three years ago, the smartest or one of the smartest front offices in the league gave up a first-round pick to acquire him and a third-round pick. It was wow. a first and a third to, get, to, get, to get Percy Harvin. Uh, but anyway, so yes, per, maybe we'll talk about that uh, a little later uh, in another show, but back to uh, you know revenge, which is <laughs> the key thing to be talking about here. Yeah, so the Bills don't like Mario Williams. Mario Williams doesn't like the Bills. That's double-sided revenge narrative. A couple other revenge pops, of course, Brock Osweiler uh, versus the Broncos versus the Broncos in Week 7. Did they put that in primetime? Uh, it's Monday Night Football, my friend. Mike Tirico. Uh, and uh, John Gruden <laughs> with the call. So yummy, yummy, yummy. Uh, and uh, I like this one, Wes. Chris Long versus the Rams, week 13. <laughs> I know, Wes, you think that Chris Long's got something in the tank. You know he has that date circled. Because how annoying is it to be Chris? Well, everything ended up well. You're with the uh, AFC powerhouse. But you leave, after years of middling teams in St. Louis, they move to L.A. That's fun. Then they go get the quarterback. <laughs> and now you get shipped out of town or get dumped. How about a, I'd take the Patriots if I was him. How about an impromptu round of go get my lunch? Wow. I like this. Chris Long has more sacks than Chandler Jones in the 2016 season. I'll take that. I'll take I it. I knew you would. I'll I will take, take it. it, too. All right. Yeah, because you're because you're going with a guy who even in his – even in his prime, was not getting the same amount of sacks as Chandler Jones. I believe Chris Long's only top 10 sacks once. I, that could be. I like to look at it that I will not owe you that sandwich till at least about January 2nd. From 2010 <laughs> through 2013, Chris Long averaged 75 hits, hurries, and sacks, which was second in the NFL over that four-year span to Cameron Wake's 76. Yeah, but the last two years are also... A real thing. They happened. They were cut short due to. He injuries. did have two two seasons over over ten sacks. I'm sure he's lost a step or two, but we're talking about a guy who was one of the premier pass rushers in the league. Surprise! And the Patriots go get got him at a huge discount. Good sandwich, Wazer. What a shocker! Breaking news and go get my lunch. Yeah, and that that reminds me, by the way, uh, that's a, that's enough of that revenge malarkey. But um, <laughs> that reminds me that my least favorite round, but I take part in it because that's you can't be uh, a coward. My least favorite round of go get my lunch props uh, is draft season, uh, where mm. I got killed last season. I think something to the tune of two and fourteen. I've rallied back when uh, real football stuff, uh, but now I'm back uh, it, with a new strategy. I'll have, but we will. We'll have to do it, I guess, next week or, or the week after. We got two weeks uh, to figure it out, but we will have another round of go get my lunch draft edition. And if you want to check up on how things are going, go get my lunch dot org. Looking at the total standings, ooh, I'm back in first. Oh, Actually, it's nice close. plug by <laughs> Greg for Greg. Dan, no, Dan's basically tied. You know, I, I have more uh, more wagers, but uh, we're both nine over. So okay. it's close. Wes is right there as well. Mark, Mark, Mark so much. <laughs> I started terribly. I actually did well in that draft one, but the draft's going to be a wild card because I would I would wager that the four of us have never spent less time studying the draft than this year. That's <laughs> potentially true. Um, all right. We got to go. Uh, iTunes Challenge is still going on. Hashtag iTunes Challenge. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a comment. Uh, let's goose it. Let's beat the Apple uh, Corporation uh, and really stick it to them, guys. Uh, we will be back uh, on, let's say, Monday. Definitely Monday. Uh, with another show as we move closer to the draft. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for... Quiet Storm, the mailman. We got through it, Wes. Schedule release spectacular is out of the way. The boss and the Irishman behind the glass. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.